Welcome to the From Overwhelmed to Fulfilled podcast, where it's all about moving out of overwhelm and into fulfillment in your relationships, your business, your finances, your health. I'm your host, Selena Kipnis, a certified life coach and yoga teacher trainer. Hello and welcome to episode 42, The Science of Physical and Mental Strength. We're in the Stronger Challenge. Hope you guys are all following along and you've created your intentions and you're getting to work. I have a very valuable episode planned for you today. I have papers all over my desk because I spilled tea on my computer about a month ago and it was still working, but it crashed yesterday. I have a new one coming today, but I have research, things I'm going to be sharing with you. And I think maybe because of the physical papers here, and usually I have it in the computer, but I was just looking at this and I was like, this is all so valuable. You know, a lot of times when we're thinking about the choices that we make, we're not really actually thinking, right? And when we are not applying what I'm going to talk about today, we are putting a lot of our resources into being unhealthy, right? Whether it is paying for surgeries or medical procedures because we haven't taken care of our physical health, or if it is things trying to compensate for a lack of mental health, whether it's excessive alcohol or luxury fancy coffees every day or buying more things to try to feel better about ourselves, we put a lot of money into that. And then I was thinking just about all of that investment into those like band-aids that we tried to cover up a lack of physical and mental strength with. And then this that I'm going to share with you today and the true value of all of this, it's really just priceless. And I have such a desire right now to just give you all I've got. And I think, you know, what's happening in the Middle East with our family in Israel, it's really impacting us. And there's always kind of this thought of like, oh, I'll have more time. You know, many of you ask for like, you want to learn another yoga skill or more with coaching? And I'm like, yeah, we will work on that. Like, we'll get to that. And I just have this desire to give you all I've got. Like, I am creating an entire new yoga teacher training portal for our next training. And I'm doing a new coaching portal for next year. And I'm just like ready to share everything that I've learned in my life from all of my experience and trainings that I've done all over the world and in depth in all kinds of certifications with yoga and mindset and coaching and experience as an entrepreneur, as a wife, as a mother, as a nonprofit founder, all of the skills that I have that you could benefit from. I'm getting them out of me and into you this starting now and going into the next year. So are you ready? (laughs) Are you ready for all of that? Um, Today, we're going to start with the physical and the the mental strength. And I'm really hoping that today's episode is going to inspire you to do the hard work 
that's required to get stronger and to really prove to you, backed by science, that your hard work is eventually going to pay off, that you will get physically and mentally stronger when you do the things that I'm going to share with you in this episode. Okay, so we're going to start with physical strength and then we'll move into mental strength and we will see many overlapping as we go. So why do you even want to be physically stronger? Why do you want that? In the beginning, just a few minutes ago, I talked about, you know, when we don't have the physical strength, right? And we need to have different medical medical procedures, different um, medications. We don't have the energy to really just live our life. When we don't have that physical strength, we feel tired and kind of just like we just don't have the energy or the cost of arthritis, right? When we just have like the pain and we don't have the strength. So when we have that, the strength and the, and well-being, you know, the quote, like health is wealth and it really is. So just thinking about that for yourself, like why do you even want to be physically strong? What impact is that going to make in your daily life? Now, in order to be physically strong, I could tell you all kinds of different things, but you know, I like to keep things as simple as possible. And I, when I was really thinking like, what is the simplest way to create the physical strength? Like the one thing to really focus on and to bring science into it's muscle, right? Without muscle, we have no movement. Without movement, we have no physical health, right? We don't have posture. We don't have stability. We don't have heat production. And unless you're completely out, you know, you have no consciousness in a hospital bed, you're obviously not listening to this podcast, if that's the case, unless you have a really awesome family member who's just playing it for you. But most of us have some physical capability. Now we have different physical capability and that's fine. There's no problem with that. But all physical strength is rooted in movement. The strength of our joints, our bones, it comes from movement. So that's why we're going to dive into building muscle strength. And if you focus there, the bones and the other parts of your physical body are going to get stronger organically and just naturally as well. So the scientific term for building muscle is hypertrophy. Hypertrophy. Am I pronouncing that right? It's building muscle. Hypertrophy. Um, I'm thinking of Michelle, our um, anatomy specialist. She'll clarify all of it. Um, which, by the way, she's going to be teaching anatomy in next year's yoga teacher training. So excited. She's an amazing physical therapist. So anyways, building muscle, this is the process of s- tissue stimulation and repair. Okay, so basically it's the physiology of gains. This is how we increase our muscle. So hypertrophy describes the growth of muscle cells through exercise, okay? When we do something like yoga, like running, like swimming, like some kind of physically challenging movement, not something that we just do all the time, but where we're challenging ourselves, we create little micro tears, within the muscle cells that we use, right? Everybody knows this. This is what's happening. And then the recovery process is essentially rebuilding those tears to make them grow back bigger and stronger, 
Okay. So there's something called a stimulation and repair process. And this is what happens in stimulation and repair. Your muscles that are made up of fibers, right? They're bound together in these bundles of tissue. Now, there are these dormant satellite cells. They're kind of just like cells taking a nap, like they're there. And when they are activated by activated by trauma, trauma could be anything like uh, being in chair pose for one minute or doing a dash or doing lunges, something where there's some trauma, then the immune system triggers an inflammatory response and it begins to re- repair the damage, okay? At the same time, your body releases testosterone and some other growth factors. So a lot of times we think about testosterone in men, right? Women also have testosterone. Men do by nature have more, and that's why it's easier for them to build muscle to have more strength. Now, the team of testosterone and growth factors, that is what builds your muscle, And testosterone really helps to repair the injured tissue. And the growth factors, those cells that we talked about, the ones that are resting, they thicken the muscle fiber. And then we have, as a result, a larger muscle that can handle heavier loads, right? We have strength and endurance to do our daily task easier. Like it's easier to lift the groceries. Um, We feel more confident in our body because we feel stronger. We have an increased metabolism. Now, frequency of doing these different things to build the muscle, right? The challenge, the trauma, the discomfort is really important in building strength. We cannot just practice yoga once a week or run once a week. We can, right? We can do it and we're going to only get once a week results. Now, once a week is, of course, better than zero times a week. But if you really want to get physically stronger, you're going to need to build, work on building your muscle, work on challenging yourself more than just once a week, you know, like at least three times a week, four times a week, maybe five, okay? With that said, it's also really, really important to rest in order to build your muscle. Your muscle needs time to repair, right? Remember, that is when the muscle is being built, is when it's repairing, actually. It's not when it's being torn down. So we have to not just stay in the tearing phase and being excessive in the building of strength, but to be able to rest and then keep going, Now, genetics are there. They are a player, right, with getting stronger. And in yoga, we talk about the doshas, vata, pitta, kapha, like your body constitution. And that is by nature, and it's different. So for some people, you look at them, and they build muscle very quickly. It's like they seem to do nothing, and they have muscle. And other people, it takes more time and more effort. Now, the key here is to really not compare yourself to anyone, okay? Like, do not compare yourself to someone who looks really strong. Or, you know, if you come into 
yoga and you're like, oh, you guys can do all these poses and you can do this. Well, this has been like 20 years of training in the process. So if you notice that tendency to compare yourself, just remember your genetics are unique. You are unique. You can get stronger and not to just give up because you don't see the results like after one day. Thinking of it as like this marathon that it might be a decade, two decades before you see a significant change. And if you're 80 years old, two decades may mean that you make it to 100 because you start building your strength, right? So added muscle has a a lot of benefits for just the overall quality of our life, for our function, for our joint and bone protection as we age, right? In order to keep our bones and our body strong, we have to use it, use it or lose it, right? So we talked some about the importance of rest, and I just want to, again, emphasize the importance of rest in order to build the muscle. Now, if you are not challenging yourself physically, what you may notice is that you will actually be able to rest easier. Things that are affecting your sleep cycle, that will have to be an entire another podcast. But I really truly believe that you guys already know. Like you know to not scroll on social media, not be on your phone right before bed, right? It's recommended two hours before bed to get off to set your environment up like is your environment your bedroom is it conducive of deep rest or do you have a television do you have all this stimulation happening so you know what to do the thing is to just do it in order to have better rest if you don't know what to do send me a message and I'll create a podcast about it so how do we do this how do we build the muscle how do we how do we train to have a stronger body? So the first rule is that we really need to keep challenging our muscles. So if we're doing the same, say it's a yoga practice or the same two-mile walk every day, we're not challenging the muscle, right? So we need to progressively increase the challenge. So if I'm starting with three sun salutations, then every week maybe I'm going to add one. Or if I'm starting with one mile walking, maybe I'm going to add half a mile every week. Or maybe I'm going to add those little, uh, you know, those little weights that people put around their ankle. I don't know. Do people still do that? I grew up like in the 80s. That was a thing. So you can add some weight or add something to make it more challenging so you will continue to get stronger. Now, the other thing is how we're eating to build muscle. And there's, there is an episode that you can listen to. I don't know which number it is, but it's about why am I eating unhealthy again? And I go really like a lot into the food, like in eating healthy, but basically to keep it simple, in order to eat for building your strength, stop snacking so you're not fueling yourself with glucose and sugar and eat balanced meals So a balanced meal is protein, fat, vegetable, carb. Eat until you're satisfied, 80% full, not just snacking every hour. And remember to hydrate. Water hydration is so very important. And the way that we consume water. In India, in, in the traditional house, it used to be that when they would bring water in, 
they would, you know, get it from the well or from, you know, outside. It wasn't like running in the house. And in some homes, it still isn't. And there, it was a ceremony because water, we know like there's research about how water holds, has memory and it has different arrangements based on different things that you say to it or different places that it's been. It's very fascinating. So if you say different words into your into your water, and this is probably true for anything, but I've only seen a study on water, those the way that the arrangement is of the atoms and everything shifts. And so you see different formations. So they made a whole ceremony of you bring the water in, you put it in a beautiful vessel, you say prayers over it, you have a flower on it, and only then after that you partake in the water. So water is very, very important. And just kind of maybe stepping back for a minute, you know, we say drink water, it's so important. And just thinking about it in a more reverent way, like we are 80% water, when we drink the essence of what we are, it is like a sacred thing. Like we have this amazing thing to be able to hydrate and fuel ourselves with. Okay. So (laughs) I'm such a yogi, like I'm talking about water and I have to go into the whole thing of it, but it's true. You guys, it's really, it makes a difference. So next, the flexibility of building muscle. So without flexibility, Muscles shorten, they become tight, and they are weak and unable to extend all the way. That is according to a study at Harvard Health. So it's so fascinating. You know, we see like, okay, pumping iron in the gym and bodybuilders. Well, they know now too, like if they keep doing that and they don't stretch, they're actually going to be weaker because an inflexible muscle becomes easily damaged. And I, I have to bring up the mind here, even though we're not there yet. It's the same as the mind, right? When we are inflexible and there's some strain that comes, we're easily damaged. So in our physical body, in our mental body, we need to have the flexibility. So when that there is a surprise and there is some trauma that comes our way, we're not damaged because of it. Okay, so... When we're, I kind of want to talk about rest again, but that's okay. So when we are thinking about building physical strength, what I invite you to do right now is to write down how you're going to challenge your physical body, what you're going to do this week, how you're going to apply this. Okay. So for me, like I practice yoga, right? Like I rest, I drink water. And what I'm doing for the stronger challenge for these four weeks, I was like, okay, how can I challenge my body and mind? So I had gone to practicing yoga kind of like at some point during the day when it would fit in. And the way that I'm challenging my physical body is going back to what I used to do, which is waking up at 5 a.m. and practicing starting right away at 5 a.m. So this strengthens both my physical and mental strength because as soon as the alarm goes off, I need to get up. If not, if I hit snooze, like I'm going back to sleep, right? So I have to get up right away, no negotiation, and get on the mat and practice. Another thing that I'm doing for my physical and mental strength, they're all connected, is taking cold showers. And I'm going to do a whole thing on social media about that, the benefits of cold showers, because they greatly affect our 
immune system, our mental health, it decreases depression and anxiety. So that's what I'm doing to challenge my physical body. So you and in my asana practice, I'm doing I'm holding asanas longer. So that because usually I'll hold three to five breaths. So when I hold longer and go deeper, this is challenging my physical body and making me stronger. So pause me, write down what you're going to do to challenge your physical body. Okay, now we're going to dive into the mind, which is maybe my favorite part. Okay, let me get my papers together here. (laughs) Okay, so... Remember how we were talking about the micro tears in the physical cells and how the recovery process built builds the tears like and makes them stronger, right? So I really believe that the challenges that we're guaranteed to go through in life, like we all go through challenges, we're guaranteed challenges, and I really believe that they're there to help us grow in our mental strength. And in order to grow, we have to face the challenge, right? If we quit, if we're like, this is just too much, I can't do it, we will not get stronger. Now, that part, like the why, that isn't backed by science, okay? That's just something that we get to create. We get to decide why we have challenges in life and what they're for. But the part that is backed by science, is that whatever we decide to make the meaning of our challenge, right? Like whatever meaning I give this challenge, science does back up that it determines the hormones that we release and how we feel and how we ultimately face the challenge and live our life, right? Which is fascinating. So if we have a challenge, like right now, the challenge of the the war happening in the Middle East and our families there, So if we chose to make it mean that our world is just a terrible place, everything's going to hell, like what's happening, right? And we just kind of decided to give up, right? Like I've like the world is is gonna just all be at war and it's a mess, and why even bother? The hormones that I would release would be more of like a cortisol and maybe adrenaline, and maybe I would just like decide to start checking out of life. And instead, what I'm doing, also, Kippy, we're, you know, very connected in this. We're like, okay, we're still in the process. So we haven't figured it all out yet, but kind of like where I personally am with the why and like, what can I do? It's like, okay, I cannot be in Israel right now. I cannot be there fighting. I can help by offering my home to support our family if they need to come here. And I can fight the good fight. I can be a force for good in my little place, on my little farm, in my little city, and impacting people around me in a positive way. Like, this is what I can do right now. And so part of that process already, which I want to share because it's going to be helpful for for many of you, is that when I decided to give it that why, I also had this shift of, okay, I'm just not going to look at the news anymore because I was looking at it and I don't tend to look at it, but I felt like I needed to stay on top of what was going on. And I was like, okay, I'm just not going to look at it anymore. And I almost 
went into like avoidance. I just couldn't think about it because it was too overwhelming. And I was like, I'm just going to be where I am. I'm going to teach yoga. I'm going to coach. That's what I'm doing. And do you know what happened? (laughs) I started feeling nauseous every day for like three or four days. And it would just come up randomly. And I was like, what's going on? I was like, maybe it's subconsciously what's happening with our family in Israel. Maybe that's why I'm feeling sick and nauseous. And sure enough, that's what it was. And do you know how I know? (laughs) Because as soon as I allowed myself to feel the emotions of fear that were coming up and not trying to like push them down, I didn't feel sick anymore. I didn't feel nauseous. And that emotion, and we're going to talk more about this for each of you, but that emotion was hard for me to feel because my identity, like my mantra for life, since I like heard the verse, um, the Lord's given me a spirit, uh, not a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. That is my life mantra. So I was like, no, I cannot have fear. I only have power, love, and a sound mind. But when I allowed myself to not be over consumed and overwhelmed with fear, but to allow it to exist and to still be powerful, it all shifted for me, right? So instead of, you know, going into it and I would have that kind of like tension built up, right? So at home, I'd feel like impatient or at the store, I see someone and it's like in the limbic system, in the reptilian brain, I see someone of a darker skin color that looks like they're from the Middle East. And I'm like, oh my gosh, my my child is going to say a Hebrew word. They're going to call me Ema or something. Am I safe? Am I like not safe right now? Now, in my logical, rational mind, I'm like, okay, it's not a real threat. It's not like I'm not in danger right now. But if I push that down and say like that is totally invalid, it doesn't help me. It just makes me stuff it inside and feel sick, right? So when we are able to increase our mental strength and our mental capacity, this is what happens. We're able to face challenges. We're able to grow because of them. And I do know that I will grow, that we will grow, that everyone going through this will grow. If you haven't heard of Viktor Frankl, uh, he wrote an amazing book, Man's Search for Meaning, and he was in concentration camps during the Holocaust. And he had no physical control like of where he was. But in his mind, he gave that experience meaning. Like being in the Holocaust, he gave it meaning. And he decided to learn. He decided to apply all of this because he was a psychologist. And he was like, how am I going to apply this? How am I going to learn from this? How am I going to write a book about this? So it does not matter what challenge life gives you. You can make it, give it meaning. You can grow from that. Okay. So we talked about the physical and just by starting to apply those physical challenges to your life this week, challenging your physical body, building muscle, you will naturally be increasing your mental strength. Now, what is mental strength, right? Like I, I, spoke about it a little bit, but for me, it's feeling that I can handle any challenge that will come up in my life and grow because of it. 
I want to go back for one second because it's coming to my mind. Um, when I said like I'm in the store and I see someone of like Middle Eastern descent, like I just want to be really clear, you guys, that I love everybody and it is not any intentional judgment. It's really just my reptilian brain thinking, am I safe? And regardless of your connections with people in this war, in this conflict, I do not take any side and I... I'm really just wanting everyone to find some peace some here. And so I just don't want you to get stuck on that and like take what I said personal and just use what I'm saying for you to help you. Okay. I love all of you. I do not care if you are Muslim Jew. There's a lot of um, Muslims right now who are pure and loving and they're being attacked. They are not terrorist. So I just wanted to say that for a minute. Okay, now going back to what what mental strength is and isn't. So mental strength is not when we don't think we can do it, right? Like mental, that would be a sign of mental weakness when we're thinking like, I can't face this. Like I'm a victim here. I have no control. That would be mental weakness, It's really the ability to perceive reality for what it really is. This is mental strength. To perceive reality for what it is and then to manage your emotions about those observations in a healthy, productive manner. Okay? Now, I want to share with you some signs uh, that are evidence of a mentally strong person. And this is created by AQR International. So as I'm reading these like signs of mentally strong people, some of you are going to judge yourself. And so I just want to tell you in advance, don't do that because it's not going to help you. So instead of hearing these things and thinking like, oh gosh, I don't do any of these, like that's not me. I invite you to listen to this through a lens of what's possible. Okay, that all of these things are possible for me. And I'm going to tell you, backed by science, why and how it is possible for you to have this evidence to be mentally strong. Okay, so self and self-sufficiency, having a strong sense of self. This is a sign of being mentally strong. It's when you don't need to manipulate or control people. It's taking responsibility. You know how to deal with your problems and you're not relying on other people to manage your emotions or to fix you. Okay. Another one, healthy self-esteem. So not fake self-esteem, not fake self-confidence and arrogance and narcissism, but healthy self-esteem right? Um, Confidence, when you are able to accurately self-evaluate to really see what you're doing, what you're thinking, what's going on, and to validate yourself for that, to see it objectively as it is. Another one, proactivity instead of passivity or reactivity, okay? So this is when you recognize that you're responsible for your own life. And if you want change, you are the one to create it. If you're in a relationship and you want change, you have to be the one to create it. 
passivity would be to wait on your spouse or the other person. But a mentally strong person, they are active. They are proactive. Okay, another um, another point, another um, piece of evidence for a mentally strong person, a rational present mind. So this is when you see reality as it is. It's like the objective, the factual points without judgment, without like twisting things in a certain way, okay? You're able to really maintain this high level of awareness to see like what is truly happening. And it's taking that pause like when you're able to respond instead of react, okay? Another sign, emotional literacy and self-reflection. So that's when you are really in touch with your emotions. You actually know how you're feeling. You've learned the language of emotions. You have a hundred different vocabulary words for how to express and describe how you're feeling. Empathy and compassion. This is when you have both for yourself and for other people a sense of empathy, right? It doesn't mean that you agree with the person outside of you or even yourself, but you have that sense of understanding of like how they could feel that way or how you could feel that way. Another point, adaptability. And this is just a very extremely helpful characteristic to have. And this creates mentally mental strength by being able to quickly change you know, I say this a lot. I first heard it from Kippy. Mentally, it's the most adaptable people who survive, not the strongest. And this is this is based on science. Like this is who survives the most adaptable. Okay, another point, accepting what is and isn't in your control. This is when you understand, in yoga we call it Ishvari Pranidhana, a release of a higher control. There are certain things that you can control, and you control those. You take responsibility and ownership of how you think, feel, act, and then you accept what is out of your control, like the weather, like someone else declaring war, whatever the thing is, okay? A healthy self-focus. So this is... When you don't, you know, concentrate on the things that you don't have control over or like these big goals and like kind of compare and despair, but instead you, instead you're really having a healthy self-focus of what you can do, how you can create a healthy life for yourself. Not feeling entitled. This is such a big one that I see like really... (laughs) catching people off track sometimes but not feeling entitled and a lot of times like people don't know until they know that they're walking around with a sense of entitlement and this is creating mental weakness when you want to be mentally strong nobody owes you anything (laughs) and you accept that you're like okay nobody owes me anything they don't have to do it it's not like i deserve something but when they do help me i am so appreciative when i ask for help i'm truly asking i'm not asking in a way that i feel entitled or i'm demanding it but i appreciate it okay helping others out of kindness you can be helpful and generous without feeling guilty or responsible And this is a sign of mentally strong people. Another one, healthy relationships. Healthy relationships have healthy communication. They have healthy boundaries, right? 
Um, the boundaries is a really important part, which goes into the next piece of evidence of mental strength is not trying to please everyone and saying no. So people pleasing is basically lying. <laughs> and I'm going to do a whole nother episode on that. But this creates mental weakness. We don't know what we want. We don't validate our own needs. We don't have boundaries. We don't feel enough. And so we're trying to feel enough by saying yes to everyone or doing what we think they want us to do and acting how we think they want us to act and dressing how we think they want us to dress, right? So not people-pleasing and being able to say no without feeling shame or guilt. Like I actually had to block someone on social media because they were kind of harassing me and I, I felt no shame about it I was like there is no shame no guilt I feel so free I feel so liberated in blocking them and I know it's the healthiest way for me to maintain my peace right so these are some examples of Things that you, some of them I'm sure you already have and some of them you don't have and that's fine. But just to give you again some inspiration of what you can um, work towards, what you can expect as you get mentally stronger. Okay, so now we really want to see like what does science say about creating mental strength? Like, okay, that's like ideal, right? All those things, great, healthy relationships, boundaries saying no, but how in the world do I get there? Because I feel really far away from that. So if that's where you are, I'm going to tell you how to get there. So science shows us that we all have neuroplasticity. Neuroplasticity is brain plasticity. It's the ability of our brain to change basically okay and it can change through growth and through reorganization so the physical parts of our brain actually change it's when we rewire the brain and it functions in a different way in a new way than it previously functioned now this can be intentional or unintentional Okay, so it can happen on purpose because we want to be stronger mentally. And so we're intentionally changing our brain or it can be unintentional where we start to change the focus or something happens. We hear something, we experience something, some kind of trauma or we change how we make decisions. It can happen in so many different ways, but before we know it, it's like we don't even recognize ourselves, right? It's like, oh my gosh, I used to be really strong and now I'm so weak. I don't think I can do anything anymore. I can't make a decision. Like what's happened? It's this, you have unintentionally rewired your brain, okay? So this can happen, you know, as a result of other things too, like learning a new skill, um, being in a new environment, uh, psychological stress, different things. Okay. So the cool thing about this is that they used to think they, as in neuroscientists, they used to think that we could only change our brain when we were a kid, like that. It was only during childhood. And then after childhood, that's it. We were just like who we were and we were stuck. But then they did research in later in the 20th century, and they realized they had evidence that the brain can be altered even through adulthood, 
right? So while the younger brain does have more plasticity in that, and we know that, like, I mean, kids learn so quick, they can learn a language so quickly, they can do so many things. Um, adults can still do that. It just requires more time and more effort, but we can still change our brain. We can change our mind. We can develop mental strength. Okay. So we know now that mental strength can be built. So I invite you to pick one of the things that I read, like the signs of mental strength, something that stood out to you that you want to get stronger with. And just pick one, okay? Just one thing. I know you want them all and you want them all right now, but we're not going to do that. We're going to pick one. (laughs) We're going to practice constraint. So when you think about that one thing, write it down. And it can be anything, okay? It can be something on the list or it could be something different. So, you know, I shared with you my thing right now is to really get stronger mentally by increasing my capacity to feel fear and to feel it in a way that feels controlled and strong that I'm not over I just because I'm feeling it doesn't mean I have to identify with it and it doesn't mean that I have to be overwhelmed with fear but I can feel it and the reason why I want to be able to feel it is because when I'm not I feel tense and it's like I'm stuffing that there but I'm feeling impatient and more reactive because it's like I'm trying to hold it all together You guys know how it is. You're trying to hold it all together and you're just one person, one comment away from breaking, right? And losing it all. So write down your thing. And now I'm going to tell you how to build that thing with some more science, okay? So the way that you're going to build this particular thing that you wrote down is through self-directed neuroplasticity. Okay, so the self-directed neuroplasticity is when you're intentionally rewiring your brain. Now, there's a lot of people who are trying to create new habits out there. And as a yoga practitioner, I am not trying to guide you guys to start a bunch of new habits. Like, I don't want us to all be walking around like zombies on autopilot. Like, oh, now I'm eating a salad. Now I'm drinking this because this is what I've trained my brain to do. No, what I aim for is to create basically one habit of living intentionally, right? So that I'm living on purpose and with purpose and with intention. So when I sit down at a meal, I know I've already made the decision in advance, like what I'm not going to eat. Like there are certain things that I just don't eat and you can do whatever you want to do. I personally don't eat meat. I personally don't consume alcohol. You can do whatever you want. But for me, I've made that decision in advance. And then when I sit down, the rest of the decisions are intentional. I'm going to listen to my body. When am I satisfied? Am I going to consume this thing? Am I going to consume that thing? Right. So the idea is to live, to create the habit, the wiring of living a conscious life, right? Where we're choosing all the time intentionally. So this is something that requires reflection, right? It's active reflection when we're building this kind of plasticity, this kind of mental strength. 
self-directed neuroplasticity is different from experience-dependent neuroplasticity, okay? Experience-dependent neuroplasticity is a passive process, and that's where we reinforce habits by doing them unconsciously over and over again, and that is, they can be good things or bad things, right? Positive or negative things, Okay, so let's just recap for a minute. Neuroplasticity is the brain's ability to change throughout your entire life till the day you die. Don't give up on that person who you love who's a hot mess because they can change. (laughs) And experience-dependent neuroplasticity is the passive process of reinforcing habits, habits by doing them unconsciously over and over again. And self-directed neuroplasticity is the active process of consciously reflecting on how a specific thing that we're doing, how a habit makes us feel, okay? So things that we're doing, including and that are attached to mental weakness, are habits that are formed around certain rituals that are usually unconscious, right? So for example, it can it can be driving to a certain place because this is probably one that you can all identify with. You drive to, you take the wrong exit or you go the wrong way and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm going the wrong way. Well, maybe usually when you're driving in the morning, you are going that way. Maybe today you were supposed to go somewhere different, but you're just operating on autopilot. Now, a habit we practice it so regularly. Our brain is so, we have this deep neurological groove. It can be hard to change, right? And so some of these are very obvious things like biting your nails, like smoking cigarettes, like hopping on the couch and watching television. Other things aren't, we don't see it so much in the physical, but it's happening. It, it does also show up, but it may be more subtle, but we really feel it inside, right? Like we're telling ourselves we're not good enough or we're comparing ourselves. We're like, oh gosh, why can't you do it? Oh, they're so much prettier than us. Oh, what did they say about me? What are they thinking about me? Oh, I wonder if this was okay. Was it okay that I said it like this? And you're trying to write a text message and it's literally taking you an hour and a half because you keep going over and over and over it again, right? So these kinds of habits, the way that we are thinking, the way we're seeing the world around us, they are hardwired at this point. And some of them might be unconscious, right? So we will start to build awareness for those unconscious habits and things just by hearing this podcast, like just bringing, just talking about it, you're going to start to be more aware. Now, your sensory nervous system which is always monitoring for actions, what's happening and why you're doing all these things, why you have the habit is because you're getting dopamine, okay? And this is your brain's reward chemical. And we're wired to to seek out dopamine, okay? So any habit that we develop, it's because our brain is designed to pick up on the reward, of dopamine and then to punish us. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, not it doesn't truly punish us, but we feel like uh, we want to avoid pain. Okay. So when we are avoiding pain, we want to avoid anything that's uncomfortable. So for example, if it is like the people pleasing and overanalyzing the text, for example, when we're doing that, we're, we've wired our brain that it's like we are 
protecting ourselves from threat, that it's good what we're doing because we're protecting ourselves from someone else being upset at us. So when your brain recognizes a pattern like this connection between action satisfaction, it files it away in the limbic system, which you've probably heard of. This is like in the center of the brain, specifically in the basal ganglia. Okay, and this is important because this is also where we develop emotions and memories. And it's not where conscious decisions are made. Okay, so you have like in this area of the brain, this limbic area, it's like, okay, the emotions, the memories, the brain, again, is designed to be based off of that. Does it feel good? Am I avoiding pain? Am I seeking out pleasure? Because remember, this used to really help us when we needed to um, hunt for food and gather for food. We didn't have it everywhere. We needed to avoid animals or people who were like coming in and trying to have war with us, right? So this is how it really helped us. But in the in our modern world, we need to now shift how we're using our brain. And we need to rewire it in a way that is going to help us. So it's hard for these two areas to come together sometimes because the prefrontal cortex is further away. Like it's in the front of the brain and the basal ganglia is back there like in the center. So this is why it makes a habit harder to break. Like you cannot just say, okay, that's it. I'm going to stop overthinking everything that I do in my life. That would be great if you could just easily do it. But remember this, the work required to stop overthinking, that's what's going to make you stronger. And that we do have a neuroplastic brain, so you can do it. So it's just a matter of doing the work required. Okay. So are you guys with me? Are you staying? You following all of this? I know it's a lot. You can do it. (laughs) So, um, just because these things feel good in the moment, whatever it is, even though we like identify it as self-sabotage, right? Just kind of noticing that it doesn't mean it's good for our long-term happiness, health, longevity, mental wellness, any of it, okay? Remembering that our ancestors, it worked well when they were like chasing this dopamine high. And for us... We don't need to chase that dopamine high in the same way anymore. So I'll tell you, I'll give you some numbers about habits because this will, I think, give you some comfort not to give up on yourself, but just to realize that it's not supposed to be easy. Okay, so in 2021, 31% of Americans made New Year's resolutions. And let's see, but only 35% of them kept their resolution and only 19% kept their resolution for more than two years. Okay, so 19% still did it. It wasn't like no one can do it, but this is what sets people apart. This is why some people are physically strong and mentally strong and some people aren't because some people just aren't willing to do the work. And I want to show you that it's worth the work. It's worth the work in your physical body, in your mental body. It is your life. It's worth doing the work. And also, another number that I want to share with you is that it can take between 18 and 254 days for a person to form a new habit. 
Okay, so this whole idea like 30 days to form a habit, it is not necessarily true, okay? 30 days to like live your best life and be fulfilled and never have to work again, no. (laughs) You will never be done. You will always be growing. And the current thing that you're working on could take you 18 days or 254 days. And then once you grow in that area and you enjoy that, you're gonna have something else to work on. So let's start enjoying the journey. Okay, I want to share the habit loop with you. Habits are, like we talked about, they're triggered by certain things, okay? So we have a certain time of the day, an activity, or a location, and then we get this feel-good reward, the dopamine. We have this repetition, and then we fuse these connections between cue and reward in the brain. This is like the high, we get these highways to stress sometimes, or like a highway to alcohol or whatever the thing is. You come home, it's six o'clock, you sit down, you go straight to reach for your alcoholic beverage to help you unwind, right? Like this is the habit loop. So there was um, a psychologist that created the Q routine reward, and it's basically a feedback loop. It's a habit loop. So you have a Q. I'm, I'm going to think of another example. Let's just go back to the overthinking your text and overthinking what like anyone's going to think about you. So you have like this trigger. Maybe someone said something to you and it could be, oh, is that an old sweater? <laughs> and maybe you make that mean like, oh, I looked really bad in the sweater. Like, what did she mean? Do I look fat? Was it dirty? Like, and so then, and it could be associated with that specific person too. Like maybe this person, it doesn't matter what they say to you. Other people may not be triggered, but you are like triggered no matter what they say. And so then you get this Maybe the emotion that comes up is worry, right? So you're like worried and you're overanalyzing. And then you have this craving, this desire to send them a text. And you're like, okay, I'm going to tell them like what I thought. But then you're like, I'm going to tell it to them. But I don't want them to, I don't want to hurt their feelings. I don't want them to like not like me, right? And you get into this like whole thing. And then your brain is probably addicted to some of the stress hormones that are released like cortisol adrenaline and it's like okay you're doing you're fighting the fight here you know you're 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 doing what you should do and you're just in this loop this loop can be applied to other things social media right so say it's like in the middle of the day or it's like 11 o'clock it's not time for your lunch break yet it's 11 o'clock, you're starting to feel bored and you have like a craving to like kind of escape or for some relaxation. And so you go straight to grab your phone and then you start scrolling your phone. And so you have that reward in your brain of like distraction of resting. So that is a habit loop that can lead to undesirable actions, undesirable things that you're doing. And then you may feel mentally weak because of that, because you're not doing what you really want to do. So one of the things that you can do is use this habit loop, this feedback loop of cue routine reward to help you, right? So if it's 11 o'clock, you are feeling kind of bored, you want to take a break from work, instead of grabbing your phone, be prepared in advance and listen to your favorite podcast or close your eyes and do some breath work 
for five minutes. Do something, right? And then you're going to have that reward then you're going to feel better. It's just not going to be as strong. You're not going to get such a big hit, right? And then you can use that loop in a way that's going to benefit you. Okay, so something that is really important when we're talking about mental strength is knowing why. Like, why are you doing it? At the core of rewiring our brain is reflection. And It's at the core of yoga and mindset and life coaching, right? Noticing, having the awareness, the reflection, right? This is one of the practices in yoga, self-reflection. So when we notice our unintentional thoughts, our unintentional actions and feelings, right? It's like, okay, I'm like reaching for the phone. I'm scrolling. You know, this is what I'm doing. When we notice that really we're just feeling bored and we can sit and allow ourselves to feel bored. Or like with the example that I had, when I noticed that I have fear and I didn't want to feel the fear, right? Just to notice that is so freeing. And then I can, once I have the awareness, I can start to process the fear and to actually feel it in a safe space. And then what we can do once we've, once we've processed it is to create intentional thoughts and intentional feelings and to create the mental strength that we want, right? So for me, that might be something like I can feel, I can feel fear and be strong at the same time. And then I feel the fear in a much more empowered way. And my result is that because I've processed it, I'm not as like reactive when I'm just living life, right? I'm not like bottling it all up and like reacting if my kids say something or reacting in a store or just like feeling this tension in my body because I've processed and allowed that energy to move through me, okay? So it's really, really important that we notice, like I have to notice, okay, now that I can process and feel it, I have to notice and bring awareness to how good I feel in my body to like feel that relaxed feeling. Like I don't feel like uptight because I felt it. Like I allow that to exist there and I validate it. And it's like, yes, of course you have some fears. It's normal. It's natural. It's okay. And what happens when I allow my that emotional part of my brain and the limbic system, remember, the basal ganglia to absorb that also, remember, I'm getting some reward for that. So now I'm training my brain that like, actually, this is what's right. This feels really good for me. And now I'm hardwiring my brain to be able to experience a a perceived threat or something that's fearful and to be able to feel the fear and to feel strong at the same time. And that's when I can feel more relaxed in my body and I can allow and process all of that. Now, that part is extremely important that when... Because if we don't allow our brain, the emotional part of the brain to experience the win, 
then it just feels uncomfortable, right? And it can just be like, oh, but that's really uncomfortable. I don't like feeling that. And then that emotional part of the brain is like, this isn't working. Don't do this, you know? So we have to show also how the strength is working. And this is why um, in coaching and in the series that I do, we always do wins. We celebrate our wins because when we celebrate our short-term wins, this is going to help us to experience the long-term benefits. Because if not, and I know all of you experience this, you do you do something for like two days and you're like, it's not working. <laughs> you know, it's like maybe it took you an entire decade to create the back pain that you have. And then you go to, you know, you start going to your doctor or physical therapist and you're like, it's not working. It's been two weeks. Well, yeah, no kidding. It's not working. It took a while to develop this. So what happens when you show like after say it is physical therapy and you journal about it and you show your brain like oh wow i don't i feel a little bit stronger after that or i feel a little bit looser and like showing your brain those short term term wins this is what's going to help you in the long term to go through your growth with grace and more peace and to see those little steps along the way of like it's all working everything is working. Okay. This is what's going to make the biggest part. And I think a lot of people forget to do this when they're trying to get mentally stronger. And then they're just like so absorbed in the pain of it. And then they end up giving up. So make sure that you are really not quitting on yourself. And this is why coaching is so valuable and being in in an environment where other people are like with you and pointing out your wins, you know, and like, this is what's happening or yoga teacher training and everybody's with you and like, but see, this is where you're doing well. This is what's working. And you can do that for yourself also with keeping a journal of your wins and then going back and seeing like, okay, this is how it's working. See, it's working a little bit at a time. It's working. So now I invite you to apply this part and to write out how you're getting mentally stronger. Write it out on your paper in the notes in your phone in your journal. And now say it out loud. Actually say it out loud. Like I am able to feel fear and feel strength at the same time. Or let me look back at what maybe yours is I am able to be helpful and generous without feeling guilty or responsible. Whatever the thing is, say it out loud. And do you know why? Because (laughs) there is a study that shows when we say something out loud, it's eight times more effective than just saying it in our head. So say it out loud, like feel it in your body. There uh, there was a doctor who I'm looking who was Dr. Kanan. He's a psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner. And he said that when people undergo brain scans while they're seeing positive affirmations, okay, so they're just saying the positive affirmations, their brain lights up like a Christmas tree. Like our brain loves that. Our brain wants to believe what we're saying. And so if we're saying positive things, our brain does want to believe it. Okay, so something else that's really helpful as you're building your mental strength, you have this thing you wrote down, you've just said it out loud. As you start applying it, I encourage you to see how you can set yourself up for success. 
right? So like think of how you can maybe if it's a specific habit, like if your thing is, you know, you get home at the end of the day and you're drinking a bottle of wine, instead of just going like all in or all out, you know, that's another thing. We don't want to be in like all in or all out kind of thinking. If you're like, for me to cut down to half a bottle of wine feels really good and you drink half a bottle and then you replace the other half a bottle with sparkling water or whatever the thing is. Like, I just want you to take a minute. Like, I really believe that each of you know best what's best for you when you're setting yourselves up for success, whether it's swapping that old habit for a new one or adding what you want to do now onto an existing routine that you have, whatever it is, write that out and then really think and envision how you can just banish that all or nothing mentality. You don't have to be 100% in and you don't have to be 100% out. You can be somewhere in between. Okay. And then when you allow yourself to be somewhere in between in the beginning, then you can get stronger, right? It's like if you go to a yoga class or to the gym and you're trying to like do what somebody who's been doing what you see for 10 years, you try to go all in, like you're going to hurt yourself. (laughs) So just thinking of that, like how can you go into this in a way that feels sustainable? Another thing that I really want to encourage you to do is to change your language when you're thinking about creating mental strength. Okay. So you so see it with the physical strength that you're going to be building that you've already written out. Like you're going to have thoughts like this is hard. I can't do this. If this is how you've already wired your brain. So instead of saying those things, first of all, really notice them and then choose thoughts that are going to help you like I'm getting stronger, my body's shaking and I can feel my muscle building. So using words that are going to help you and then visualizing yourself with the strength, the physical strength, the mental strength. Any sports psychologist will tell you the benefits of visualization. The Olympic athletes, this is what they use. If you envision anything like it can be your best future with your beautiful house and your amazing partner whatever you activate the neurons in your brain that would be the same neurons that fire when that thing is actually happening so visualize motivate yourself to get up and actually do the same thing okay and another tip to help you is to really create an environment that's conducive of building the strength. Okay, so if the physical strength, if you said, I'm going to go for a 20-minute jog every day, get your sneakers out, get your outfit ready, get the things set up. If you're building your mental strength and you're like, you know what, talking about journaling, like I'm gonna, that resonated with me, I'm gonna start journaling. Have your journal out, have your pen. You don't have to buy a new one. You can just use something you have, but you can set it up in a way like it's there. Like this is my journal space. Light a candle, make the environment enjoyable, right? The smells, the taste, the sounds. This is also activating the limbic system, that part of the brain, the emotional part of the brain that we need to activate to tell it this is good for us. This feels good. And... A final tip is just, actually, no, I have more for you. I'm lying. But another tip (laughs) is to 
show yourself grace, okay? Because when you are creating more mental strength, when you are creating, when you're hardwiring your brain, you are going to fall back into some habit at some point. And you might be like, oh my gosh, I thought I had like overcome this or whatever. And instead of thinking of yourself as like a complete piece of crap and a failure, think instead like this is all working for me. Yes, I I slipped here. Or yes, I failed. But realizing that failure is just a thought. If you decide to make whatever happened mean that you're growing and you're like, okay, now I see that if I put myself in this environment, like if I go straight with my friends after work to the bar, that's an environment for drinking. If I'm not planning to drink, maybe I need to not go to the bar right now. Or maybe I need to really be set up and see like, do they have a non-alcoholic beverage that I can drink instead? Okay. Let's see, some of the other things I wanted to share to remember, and this is really to kind of recap everything. So remember why you want to be mentally strong. This is going to give you fuel when it is hard. Remembering why you want to be mentally strong. Why do you want to feel capable to handle any emotion? Why do you want to feel capable to feel any challenge? Like what difference is that going to make in your life? When the inevitable challenge does come, how is your life going to be different when you feel mentally strong and like, I've got this, let's go. It's time to grow. Or when you feel like this is so challenging and I'm so sad and you know what? I can feel sad because I feel mentally strong enough to feel sad. I don't need to run away from it. I don't need to try to drink it away. I don't need to stay in my bed for two months because the world needs me. I'll give myself a, a, if if it's grief, like, and someone's died, yes, give yourself time to mourn. But we need to also show up because the world needs you. You're here for a reason. Another recap, notice the thoughts that aren't helping you to be mentally strong, right? So if you're thinking like, this is all just too much. I can't do this. I can't handle this. Notice that. Accept it. Don't judge yourself for having the thought. Just notice it. And then choose a thought that's going to help you. Like, yes, it is a lot. There is a lot going on right now. And you know what? I can feel fear and I can still be strong. And give yourself grace. Remember, you will never be done growing. None of us will ever be perfect. We need to be flexible. We need to forgive ourselves and other people. And I think that's all I have for you today. I hope that this was extremely helpful and valuable. As you're applying this, reach out like during this stronger challenge, reach out, let us know how it's going for you. How can we help you? What can we do to support you? And when you're ready to go deeper with this, we're currently accepting applications for yoga teacher training. This is what we do six months we deep dive into all of this. All the junk comes up. We deal with it. We process it with support, with love. So wherever you're at today, may you feel inspired to do the work required to be strong physically and mentally. Have a wonderful week. Can't wait to talk to you next week. Namaste.